Welcome to Critical Drinking. Simulcasted. Simulcasted. I'm Kevin Regan. I'm Ryan Manley. And this is the podcast where we drink beer, we get drunk, we watch movies, and we talk about them. And have a good time. That's right. Uh, in this episode, we are going to talk about The New World, the Terrence Malick movie with Colin Farrell and Christian Bale. And Christopher Plummer. And Christopher Plummer, of course. Um, we're going to talk about those, and then at the end, we are going to give our top five Christian Bale movies. And that's always the exciting part. Um, but we'll get right into it. So first, we're going to give Ryan the floor, and he's going to talk about his uh, thoughts about The New World. Well, first of all, um, we always plan this to be uh, around a half an hour podcast, and uh, <laughs> I said that last time, but uh, we we're going to try. We're actually going to try to make this half an hour. We don't. Me plan. spending about a minute talking about making it a half an hour kind of is it's gonna counterproductive. Way over time. But let's get to the points. Okay. New World has always been one of my top 10 favorite movies. Well, not always because it came out, you know, in the 2000s, <laughs> so it couldn't have been a top 10 movie in the 90s. But um I really enjoyed this movie. This is the first time I saw it on Blu-ray. It was good on Blu-ray. Like it's, it looked really it's great good on Blu-ray. And that actually Kevin, thank you. Mm-hmm. Brings me to my first point, <laughs> which is the first point I made with Sunshine last time was a oh, well it's not my fault that we're picking great-looking movies, but True. I find this movie incredibly, incredibly good-looking. Beautiful. You know, yeah. beautiful. Really no well way. Yeah. Uh, cinematography was done by Emmanuel Lubeski. I looked it up. Uh, <laughs> he also did cinematography for Sleepy Hollow. Which is like the opposite of this. Ollie, like the yes. All dark. Yes, Ali, E2 Mamba Tambien, and one of my favorites for cinematography, Children of Men. I didn't know that, and that I agree. Children of Men was really well shot. Yeah, and so was Sleepy Hollow. I love how Sleepy Hollow looks. But Sleepy Hollow is almost like opposite, because this is such, there's so many, so much color in this movie, and Mm -hmm. there's so so few colors in Sleepy Hollow. Well, and I told Kevin this, I looked it up on imdb.com. If you're listening to this, you obviously know what that is. Uh, this whole movie was shot with only natural light. There's no artificial light. In fact, there's like a three-prong uh, agreement that the cinematographer, Emmanuel Lubeski, agreed with the director that there would be no, like, boom, you know, lights, no artificial lights whatsoever, and everything would be done internally by candlelight. Which is really impressive. And if you watch this movie... I just wrote down one word to describe this movie uh, and the way it looked, and it was lush. It it's it's green yeah. to say the say the least. Say the least, yeah, no kidding. Um, it just it's beautiful, and the way that they kind of capture the unknown. I mean, the, the movie's called The New World, but my favorite part about it is that. Is the is the grass? I mean, oh, that came out of nowhere. But the, <laughs> the grass is like six feet tall in the whole thing, right? There's no pathways. There's no nothing. Nothing's mapped out. This is new for them, and it's just kind of, it's just kind of a great, great feeling watching this movie and stuff. And uh, that's going to be a deeper point, but it just kind of came out of this dribble. Um. Well, the part that you mentioned about <laughs> the grass, though, like the one thing I don't know. I don't know if I'm totally stealing one of your points later, but mm-hmm. you, I asked you midway through the movie, I was like, where was this shot? Yeah. Because I thought there's no way, like, the, all, like the green, the grass that's six feet tall. Yep. There's no way that this grass can be six feet tall unless someone just like, they planted it for the movie or anywhere. Like they, they had to go to some wilderness somewhere. The, the movie looked untouched. Yeah, exactly. Untouched. Exactly. And you told me where it was filmed. In Virginia. In the and exact I same spot where this that. movie was taking place. Could not believe that. Um, and then, I'm trying to get my time in here, but look at it this way. My favorite parts of the movie was that, parts of the that almost makes sense. Um, <laughs> Did make sense. There's very little dialogue in this movie, and so much narration. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that the narration allows for the cuts of scenery that we see throughout the whole movie. And I think it really allows the director, Terrence Malick, who's only made five films, four, you know, four Hollywood films. He's making a new one in 2010. But he can go where he wants to go, and it really helps having this narration. And there are two lines that I would like to repeat that just really... Two quotes that stuck with me. One is on my Twitter right now just because... I don't know. It just... It touched you. It made sense to me. And I'm someone that... This is one of my top eight favorite movies. But... um, Our youth is our strength. And our inexperience is our wisdom. Kind of the, the way that they dealt with the new world. And that their weaknesses were their strengths was really... Mm-hmm. It kind of was touching, by the way. And then, touching. Uh, ooh, ooh, like, like this touching. Like this. Hmm? This is this hmm. is a lesson for all you lis- <laughs> listeners out there. You should never let me start because it ends like this, and we should never watch a three-hour movie because it involves a lot of beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we should always start this way because it ends up with me touching you. <laughs> and then my other quote that I like to say is that. Uh, what uh John Smith, aka Colin Farrell. By the way, if no one's I'm way over time, but if anyone that hasn't seen this movie, it's Pocahontas. It's it's Pocahontas. It's Pocahontas in reality. Smith, yeah. There's John Smith and there's Pocahontas and then in real life Minus Pocahontas Yeah. Pocahontas fell in love with John Smith, but John Smith left and Pocahontas found someone else. But John Smith comes back and he says I I thought it was a dream when I was with you, but turns out that it was the only thing that was the truth. And I thought that was a great line to end. Yeah. That was the last line that I believe Colin Farrell says yep. in the in the movie. And then who it, plays John Smith? We didn't give a synopsis of the movie, right. but we're going to count on right. you to do that. Well, it gives it, and that's the thing though. At the end, like expanding on what you're saying, is it gives the af, right after that quote, it gives the impression that she, you know, she just kind of walks off, and it's like. Well, that's the end of him. Yeah. And then it shows her running towards somebody, and you're not even sure who it is. I think she's just running towards... But Because she's di- she's dying at the end. Uh, yeah. Spoiler well, alert. Dude, but that was... No. That was the most... Okay. I'll get into that. But but at the end, like right after that, it, it I got the impression that she was running towards someone, and you were supposed to be... Wondering which one of the two it was. That's was a it, that's a that's a good point. Was it you know was it Colin Farrell or was it Christian Bale? I think which one was it? I and think, then you figure it out, but you don't know, right? And then they show his his face, and you know. But. Well, I think that is, I I think his wow, uh, it's definitely a girl Pocahontas. Um, I oh, think girl. that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. Cheers. She came back to Christian Bale because... Oh, you ruined it. Well, ruined what? I don't know. We were, I thought we were keeping something from the audience. So they were, no, the audience is, that didn't This is 100% it. spoiler. The, the three-hour yeah, movie that right. came out three years ago. Uh, yeah, that the, was... Who I was talking about, the one that you didn't know who I was talking about, but it was, it was Christian <laughs> Bale. Go ahead, right? But I was just saying that... Uh, I think that her running around at the end was more of a, a closure uh, yeah. and a scene of that. That's how she began, was that she yeah. was running around. She was yeah, being free. True. She was, you know, but enjoying life and that she she had all these different situations. Okay. And Did she know she was dying when she talked to Colin Farrell? No. And so then she runs to Christian Bale, hugs his arm, and then... Two seconds later, in a bed, dies, done. Scene over. That's the dumbest fucking ending I've ever seen. It's I, not the dumbest ending I've ever seen, <laughs> but that ending pissed me off because, and this is my turn now. So yeah, you, you're up. You you're should. up. I'm five minutes past. So listen. I want to hear it. This movie, I agree with you on the fact that it was really, it was amazingly shot, and it looked really good. And the first, I'll give the first hour an A+. I thought the setup and the fact that they used maybe... 16 words in the entire first <laughs> hour 
and set up the entire movie. Like they use they use zero words in the first five minutes. Yeah, basically set the whole movie up. Yeah, and even though we know what's going to happen because it's the you know it's a story that's been told over and over. Yep, it still sets up the implications of all this stuff in five minutes with using you know using no dialogue, and I thought that was impressive. Then it gets into the dialogue, you know, seldom, but it does, and then you get into that, but that ending. Because, and, and one of the things that really frustrated me about this movie was the cuts. Mm-hmm. And the cuts were so abrupt, and I almost feel like they were just done because they couldn't figure out where to put that scene, or mm-hmm. what to do with that scene. They cut, and, and there's, I mean, there's a difference. There's a difference between cutting for the purpose of, you know, style, mm-hmm. and saying, okay, well, we jump. And, and I, I felt like there was some style in a lot of the cuts there. Like, like some of the hyper cuts, like, it, it, it cut... And then it jumped to like, like almost even six seconds later, but you would still feel like, okay, well, this is kind of a, a hectic sort of scene without any of the characters doing anything hectic, like a Paul Greengrass type scene mm-hmm. where you're just cutting around and nothing's really going on, but you feel like anxious almost. Then there were those scenes where you would cut from her hugging Christian Bell's arm to her dead in a bed. And that was just done. It's like a cop out. It's like, come on, you don't, I mean, I understand, and and one of the things that they did really well in the beginning where I think at the very end they failed is the voiceovers inferred so much. Mm -hmm. And the voice, if you, like I was was telling Ryan during the movie, if you took the voiceovers out, you would lose half the inference in the movie. It's true. You just wouldn't understand half of it because they use a lot of the voiceovers as kind of bridges. Which is well, a good like, tool. Well, it's a bridge, and like I said before, is that it allows the director to do... Right. It allows the director and the cinematographer, who I think played just as big of a role in this movie as... That's true. ...the director, obviously. It, yeah. Not in the way that the movie was formed, but mm-hmm. in the effect it has on the viewer, is that when someone's doing a narrative, a self-narrative, they don't need to sit there and show the actors talking about... Right, you know what's going on, and it allows so much to go on. But no, that's true. But I mean, there's a difference between the director saying, you know, this narrative, like, like it would be a waste of everyone's time to go through this five minutes of story. You can shut up for two seconds so I can do this. Oh well, you can shut up then for this. I'll shut up for that. All right. But there's a difference between between (laughs) you know. Because voiceover... My laugh registered pretty big on that, yeah, by did. the way. Voiceover, <laughs> voiceover is used most of the time to, you know, span time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like it's, a, it's over a, kind of a montage of like, okay, well, you know, seven days passed, a week passed, yeah. a year passed, whatever it is. Mon- you know, voiceover is kind of like that bridge to explain things. And I thought the voiceover here was used well until the last bit because then it voiced over her entire death. And maybe... I mean, maybe that wasn't a huge point of the movie. Maybe it didn't matter in the movie. That maybe maybe it didn't matter because I mean, the whole movie was about her and Colin Farrell. And you know, honestly, one of the impressions that I got, like almost all the way through the movie, mm-hmm. was that this movie is a story about never forgetting the first person you ever loved, yeah. and that, like, basically, that's what it would have been. But it, I mean, it was so much more than that because, and if you'll let me. Before you, before you, you know, we're, 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 whatever we're, I just no, said. we're in a, we're in argument of time right oh, now. You stole my time. Give me some time. Well, we're right. in argument of time. We're listen, argumenting, right? Argumenting. We are arguing. We're arguing. Hold those four. Hold those four points. Up. I only remember three. Hold those three points up then, <laughs> because I want to make some other totally random points. I like points. Number one, the first, like in the beginning, the mm-hmm. Indian, the kind of the lead savage that comes and like greets them. Yeah. Uh, awesome in Apocalypto. Have you ever seen Apocalypto? Yeah, it's so Dude, good. he's awesome. Yeah. He's the same guy, but he's so much <laughs> more badass. He's so good. And if you haven't seen Apocalypto, if you rent it, don't worry about the first hour and a half. Fast forward to the last 45 minutes because the chase scene is the best chase scene I've seen almost ever. Like since, since yeah, French yeah, Connection. I, I agree. It is uh, so good. It's like 45 minutes awesome. of chase. Um, Like when they're Right when they're about to execute the main character is when it starts. So fast forward to that part. Mm-hmm. Second, the Indian chief, Pocahontas' dad, mm-hmm. might be the Indian Sam Watterson. 
Can I mean, you might have to look at the picture, but that guy is pound for pound. Should be on Law and Order Indian unit. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, next. next. I, be- I believe. Listen. Uh, I don't know. Listen. Never mind. Next yes. point. Next, next point. Next. I got, I got next. Re- it was a good thing. It was a good thing they did this because I got really thirsty during this movie for one reason. The subtitles use the Sam Adams text. <laughs> yeah. They use the Sam Adams font, and so I'm like, oh, I'm I'm expecting to see you know. Whatever that dude's name is, talk about hops and beer and then taste it and say, I drink a beer every day and I'm not tired of it yet. That's I'm I'm serious, like Sam Adams. But um the fourth and final one that I'll make before you attack me is uh I'm not gonna attack you. No no no, listen. Listen. I have I have a I list agree. I have a list of things that frustrated me about this movie. And there's a lot that frustrated me. And we Granted, we watched the extended cut, but Ryan says there's only maybe 20 yeah, it's, minutes. Yeah, it's extended by that. Some right. tried to drown or something. Yeah, maybe 20 minutes of footage that may not even matter, because if they would matter, they would have been in the original. Yeah. But the first is the cuts, which I've talked about. The cuts, mm-hmm. just, a lot of them made no sense to me. A lot of them, like, I don't know who the editor was. And I'm not sure if it was the editor or if it was the direction or if it was a story that, you know, made it... But the, some of the cuts just frustrated me because what, they took what, me nowhere. What do you mean? But what do you mean by the cut? Do you mean, like, like when, okay. when people were having their narrative and all of a sudden it's like... No. Person standing looking at the sky and... That. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, that. Yeah. But more, more often than that, when it's focused on one person and then they cut to this person doing this and then they cut to them doing a totally opposite thing and they don't even worry about it. I'm like, I understand maybe if that's supposed to be a flashback or a thought that they had, but there's not enough there for me to grasp onto. It's just a dead scene almost to me where they cut. And I, I think that half the cuts work because it's shot so beautifully mm-hmm. that there's, there's so many scenes in there that if you would have taken that scene and you would have made it just, if you would have shot it with, you know, ter- you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't look any good, and it's just this random scene. It would have been crap. But because it looks so good, because honestly, the movie looks so good and it was so pretty, like you had something to grab onto already, and then the little bit of meaning in that scene that was that was that you're supposed to get in that scene came across because you could accept that it's like oh this scene and you'd pay attention because it was so you know it looked so good. Um, the 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 only other point I have that frustrated me was. It's it's kind of related to the cuts. Is the the idea of real time versus elapsed time? And they used real time, like you said during the movie. They used like the first hour, hour and a half, hour and a half going was real time, speed. and it was really good. And I thought like everything about it. And there were still those edits in there, where it's like it elapsed a little bit of time just to show you know the action, what happened next. Yeah. And then like the last hour and a half, there was a lot like nine nine years took place in the last hour and a half. And there were some times where you weren't sure what happened. You're like, did that, was that baby just there? And then two <laughs> seconds later, that baby is six years old. And it just, well, it, had, it, it had long hair yeah, it didn't, and it was walking. It didn't bridge the gap for me. It might've but, been five and a half. I mean, that's so, so I'll, I'll well, we got, we got, we got a minute and a half left in response. And these are the points I'd like to make you for so much longer than a minute and a half. <laughs> I got I got a couple more points after you're done. Uh, what I like to say is that what I'd like to say that's a bad way to put. You just wasted twenty seconds <laughs> saying what you'd like to say. say I agree something. with you totally in that. No, you don't. Even though this is one of my favorite movies, top ten favorite movies, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. for uh, fellow listeners, um, <laughs> that this is a very to me strikes hard at the beginning and the end. Um. Yeah, I think I'm, it. Yeah, it, it very, it very much lags in the middle. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, but it can't. I mean, how can it help that? But then again, the whole movie is. A, it's a lagging movie. It's not exactly. Uh, uh, you know, an action, action movie. Yeah, but it's, it's not slow an for a reason. Movie. It's slow for it's a reason. For reason. <laughs> I think that because you have a timer on your DVD that we watched. Yeah. The first. Minute, oh, minute, wow. The first minute went great. (laughs) (laughs) See it for the first minute and then turn it off. Yeah. Uh, The first hour and like 20 minutes just 
Flu. Yeah, flu. Like, yeah. Flu. And to me, the middle... Uh-oh. Oh, we're getting yeah, there. Go to All it. right, here we go. The middle part really lagged for me. The end I love. I love the end. I love the end. And part of the ending that I love is that... And Kevin, this is a response to you. Okay. Compared to other people on the panel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that I was never confused by it. All right. This is the first time you've seen it. This, this is, is, yeah. this is, this is, this is like the third or fourth time I've seen yeah. it. So Which may be, not seem impressive to the listeners, but that means 12... That's a half a day yeah. I've spent in my life watching this movie. Um, that's true. Is the ending was that, to me, was she had a choice to make. Am I going with John Smith or um, am I going with Christian Bale? It's Rolf is his name, but am I going with Colin Farrell or am I going with John... Or she, right. yeah. yeah. And then... John Smith. She... Responds with loyalty and goes towards Christian Bale, and that's the last scene to me for the movie, not not the end of like okay, the yeah, actual film, the end of the movie, the you end of win. no, the end you of the story. Win. You might win on that argument. And then to cap it was this letter that Christian Bale Rolf uh, wrote to his child whose mother was Pocahontas, that your mother was excellent and I loved her so much and that she ended up dying from illness and then that this letter was represented in scenes to show the rest of Pocahontas's life and kind of just to cap it off, to give to the viewer and to the story the end of it. Okay. Kind of like an epilogue. You may win. And that's why I the ending never confused... I may have to. Well, we may have to see it again. Yeah. No. I no. Think, I mean, I, I think. Win. I think that if you look at it in a different, in a literal interpretation, yeah. it's like oh, all of a sudden you call me literal now. <laughs> yeah. I can read it in the stuff. Come all of a sudden, all of a sudden, hugging <laughs> Christian Bale's arm, and then she's dead. Like, and then she died, well, and then she's running around. She actually came back to life. So she's you a zombie. May win. World so at War zombies. Win. I want to play them right now. Let's um, zombies. For real. Uh, that's only that's only two points, bro. Yeah. What's your other one? Uh, oh, well, there, there's four. Because I got more after you. Four. So well, we're it. we're already lapsed time. We're nope. gonna go. We're gonna go twenty six minutes. Okay. This is like the ultimate procrastination. Come on. Uh, Trying to keep it quick for listeners. You know what? If we were more professional, we would figure out how to say Pocahontas's actress's name. What is her name? I don't even know her name. <laughs> uh, Doesn't matter. It, it's a confusing name. I actually looked on Google how to say it, and there was actually no site that said how to say it exactly. But I, I did yet? find out. Yeah, she was in a couple things. Okay. I found out that she likes to be called Q or something. Maybe she's a Star Trek Next Generation fan. Q, that means her name is really yeah. hard to spell. If Q is the short part. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, anyway. Does it have numbers in it? <laughs> is that numbers? No, there are that no numbers, like numbers. in I think it's L Q one five eight six six. Two points about her. We'll just call her Q right now because it's not like we're gonna get sued or anything. anything. Um, She had never. She was fifteen or sixteen when she did this movie. She had never been kissed in her life. I mean, this is a story I read, and that her first two kisses for her life are going to be Colin Farrell and Christian Bale. Those. That is something that (laughs) is bragging rights. Yeah. For real. Forever. Until she goes to the grave. That's amazing. That's pretty sick. And, uh... Her. Richard Roper and, uh, and... What would the equivalent be? For us, do you think? What would the equivalent be like? Oh, right. for me? I don't know. Look. We'll get into that some other time. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of people. Uh... Uh... Also, you can see why Roper and Ebert both were adamant about her being somewhat recognized as some kind of actress award. She did a wonderful, wonderful job. And lastly, I'm pushing so much time. Lastly is there are two main pieces for the soundtrack of this that really, Mm -hmm. really did well. Um, uh, Das Rheingold, comma, or comma, (laughs) not comma, colon, Vorspiel by uh, Wagner uh, 
from his Das Rangold opera. What was, was that? That's the opening one. The like very, the, one? the very, okay. you know, yep. I like, know we're coming kind yeah. of way, but not, well, it, not coming. I have, I have a comment about that. We're not coming that way, Actually, but you know what I mean? About that. But anyway, Das Rangold, main main influence for J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, so yeah. it's kind of cool. And the one that was very peaceful is an, not unknown, but not well-known. It's not usually on the Mozart Greatest Hits. Uh, Mozart Piano Concerto Number no. Twenty Three was the main romantic theme to this. Mm. Music was great. Anyway, I'm done with that. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll uh now I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a few more comments about the music first of all. Mm-hmm. That first piece, whatever you said it was, like the opening piece that they made. Yeah, the Wagner piece. I noticed immediately that it, it builds. Yes, but but the use of that music, it was it was never poignant, but it was always very powerful mm-hmm. and so it was like it it evoked an emotion but it wasn't directly related like it didn't tell you what to yeah. feel yeah but it was very evoking mm-hmm. and then i thought and maybe this is the mozart piece but i thought that halfway through the movie the movie the music started getting poignant and stopped getting powerful all right because the movie in the be- or in the beginning like i even commented to you in the middle of the movie i was like you know, I was like, wow, if, if you were, you know, and on the Indian side, you wouldn't be hearing this music. Mm-hmm. You'd be hearing, and I was like, you know, and, and that's when it started thinking. And then the rest of it is like, this music is just overtones to the scenery. You know, it's just like, you're, you're watching it, but you're, and this is what you're hearing. It's not, it's not making you feel a certain way, but then that romantic music made you feel a certain way. And maybe, I mean, you kind of had to do it because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't yeah. just have that music the whole time. But yeah, um, the only other thing I wanted to say was the fact that there was such little dialogue in this movie. There was such few, even even with the voiceovers, even with the, you know, there were such few words yeah, that I thought there was very few words that I thought that. Uh, I mean, it did. It almost did it justice because. The very there were there were a few scenes where there were there was really good dialogue, but there were like almost every scene that there was like substantial dialogue had that one piece that you just hung on that you were like, oh my god, that's almost a perfect line mm-hmm. for that moment, and like I remember thinking multiple times during this movie, I just sat there and I was like, wow, and like they could either keep talking or the scene could end. But I would keep thinking about that scene and that 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 line, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that was, I mean, that's impressive for, you know, having such, you know, having no dialogue, but having the dialogue that matters. The per- the, yes, really so the percentage of dialogue yeah. that it is hits. awesome. It hits home. Yeah. Um, the last the the last thing that I want to say. Well, first I'll say Christopher Plummer, damn good in this. Mm-hmm. As good as he is. Um, for getting second billing for his uh, yeah. three and a half minutes of time right. he's on. But second, he does great. He second, does great. I'll say that if this is an accurate movie, the English came so unprepared for this whole entire thing that it was just, it should have been, they should have all died. Well, I think that when, at the died. beginning it was a good, when they show up and they're like, they're like, oh shit! Uh, there's so much. There's so much clams. You know, I can't yeah. even walk in the water because it's so thick. I mean, because the there's fish. so much there's fish. So much fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, That's what she said. And, uh, the clam, the thick part. Well, I think it was is an unpreparedness. But I mean, if that's right. accurate, they came so unprepared that they should have all been killed. Um, but that's one of my favorite then, parts about the movie. I'm sorry. No, go. One of my favorite parts about the movie is that. It's all unknown. They, they, you can't be unprepared That's when true. you don't know anything of what's coming. Yes, but you can be prepared to be out a while. And if you're going to eventually settle somewhere, you got to be prepared to settle and, like, you know, set up shop and say, and maybe they were relying on the clams or the fish or whatever they were relying on, but clam they did fish. a shit job. They did a shit job. Second thing I wanted to say before I make my last point um, is that the beginning scene is a lot of underwater nakedness. Oh, the ripple effect. The ripple butt. 
And this is a quote throughout the whole movie that isn't ever in the movie. Ripple butt Ripple. that we used. <laughs> but I'm just going to let you guys know on a little but, secret. A little, a little behind, a little but behind, what are you going to let us be, know? A little behind the scenes secret. My partner in crime over here, Ryan, you should have seen his face when that ripple butt was going on. He was he was halfway between flabbergasted and totally enjoying himself. He was like, because he had never, I mean, first of all, it's in Blu-ray, so you can see it. Well, how many people? Second of all, <laughs> second of all, let me embarrass you a little bit. Not really. But second of all. I'm blushing. Radio Second style. of all, you, Radio. you even Podcast said, style. I hadn't paid attention. I I don't remember ever seeing that scene. Yeah. That could have been a deleted scene. <laughs> and that could have been the greatest scene they ever deleted. Well, let's be honest. There's not a lot of naked there's zero sw- swimming going on there's in uh, Hollywood right now. And I didn't know that it resulted in the upward ripple effect. It that's was more true. of an, an amazement, no, not a... That's true. I mean, last, it could have been an attraction. My last, sure. <laughs> my last point, and this is a serious point, is that... This being my first time seeing this movie, mm-hmm. I thought the first hour, hour and a half was great, and I was totally engulfed. The second, and this, I mean, this happens in almost every movie that's like this, is that the second act kind of drags because it's more or less day-to-day stuff. But the the heartbreak that you feel at the end of the movie when Colin Farrell and Pocahontas meet Rebecca. and talk. Rebecca. Rebecca. Right, right, right. Because she's been through all this, I mean, essentially years have elapsed since they've seen each other. She has married Christian Bale. She is faithful to Christian Bale. She loves Christian Bale. And one of those—that's one of those lines that you loved. Was that yeah. you won't, you won't, you don't love me now, but you, but someday you will. Yeah, someday you will. And that happened. That came to fruition when that happened. But I think that's like there was so much heartbreak in that scene that immediately it made me think. Wow, the beginning of the movie must have really been good yeah. to make you feel that long ago. Because it was like an hour since we had seen Colin Farrell. Yeah. And it's like, since all of that, to make you feel that, to still, and Colin Farrell maybe said six words, like, you know, ten words that entire time. <laughs> and you're like, and you, you felt the heartbreak between both of them. And then she ran off to meet Christian Bell. But it's like, the, you know, the beginning of the movie really it's, must have been. It's it's that. it's one of the rare times that the length of the movie actually helps the cause of the movie. Amazing point. Because amazing point. I never actually felt, even though it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I never felt that Rebecca slash Pocahontas. You go first. Pause. On point two, Rebecca or Pocahontas. <laughs> uh, you know, I never felt the love that, or the the attraction, the feelings that they had until the last scene. Yeah, yeah. But you spend an hour of this movie yeah, with totally. it, and then all of a sudden Colin Farrell shows up with, you know, half an hour left in the movie. Not exactly at the end scene, but exploring himself, and you're like, well, it, it oh. pretty much ends the movie. Though. Yeah, holy Actually, shit! It pretty much ends the movie. Holy. Sh- Oh yeah, this guy. It's he's John the main. Smith. Yeah, he's the main point of the first. Uh, like, you know, fifty percent of this. Who movie. the hell is this? Oh, I remember him from yeah. like an hour ago. Yeah, uh, it's it, yeah, it uses it uses it uses time well. Okay, but well, all right, let's. So well, so here's here's the last part. Yeah, and we're it. gonna give this movie, and you don't know about this. We're gonna give this movie a rating. A rating? Oh, I one, am not prepared. One to ten. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go first. We're you gonna go give first. this movie a rating. I'm gonna give and and you can use halves. Because I'm going to, so I made mm-hmm. that rule. We're going to give this movie... Well, we're not. I'm going to give this movie a 7.5. Because I think it is... It's a really good movie. It's well shot. It's well directed. I just think... And maybe I need to see it again, and it'll it'll move up in the rankings. But I just think that, that it was it was kind of one of those movies that there was... There wasn't... There's too much wrong with it that I couldn't love it. Yep. It, it prevented me from loving it. Uh, yeah. well, so, now you. Well, it's giving a 7.5 to a movie that's three hours long without any particular action scenes that's true. that are... Excellent. I think that's great. Um, I would never defend this movie as more than that. I'm going to give it a 9 because it's one of my favorites. I think that... I, I love the... I love the look of it. 
in fact, one of my favorite parts of the movie just happened this time, which wasn't anything to do with the movie, was me trying to tell Kevin that I love the way that they made fire look in this movie. Yeah. And Kevin thought, uh, I mean, not, this is is just a different of, you know, personality. Kevin thought the way that fire is represented. That's what I initially 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 thought. thought. I meant the way that fire actually looked on the screen. It's the best I've ever seen fire look on. Yeah, on the the lens of the camera. Yeah. Um, it's not like back, there's not a ton of fire, but there's scenes where they use it as, tor- it just looks awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just enjoy this movie very much for the way it looks. It's my kind of cinematography. It's, yeah. it just, yeah. it's green. I like, I love the river shots. I love how it looks like you're floating on the river all the time and or on the water. And I... Enjoy the love story. And it's because ridiculous that it's Virginia. Yeah, that you is cannot, ridiculous. You told me it was Virginia. I said bullshit. And I think it makes you feel like I don't know. The 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 first half of the, the movie makes you feel like you know it's like love. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, like totally. both those people don't necessarily want to love each other right away. Totally. But you just kind of feel that it's it's real. Yeah. That's it for that. All right. We're 15 minutes past where we want to go, but we don't care because right. this is we we critically drink. That's right. Um, this is what happens when you get drunker and stuck in my movie. <laughs> and it's a three-hour movie, so there's a lot of beer in that. There was. Um, so now, top five time. Top five time. So given that Christian Bale was in this movie less than Colin Farrell, and, and he Colin said, Farrell hasn't been in any good movies. Well, besides this one, hey, sorry. besides the recruit, he he oh, yeah. cried over the recruit <laughs> too in the that's, movie. That's right. Uh, Inside, there's a random there's a random scene where it just cuts to Colin Farrell crying, and it's because they told him that the recruit two would never happen. Yeah, yeah. Bridget yeah. Monahan was apparently busy with <laughs> with other things, looking like <laughs> someone in X Men. I don't know what's right. going on. Uh, hi, uh, well, we're gonna go. Bamke Jensen, that's it. Right. Uh, we're gonna go with top five. Christian Bale movies that he was in that he made that he made good right just just as we did Kevin Spacey last week it's because, not necessarily the highest rated or the best yes. movies that Christian Bale happened to be in because the it's, New World would have been number one on my list but I can't say because he 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 added some locks to this movie that's true you know, he added some like, very wavy yeah sexual I mean locks. If, yeah I did. You know, but, Herbal Essence made a movie yeah. so this could have been it <laughs> right but we're gonna give top five Christian Bale movies that. It, the movie was better because Christian Bale was in it. That's true. So just like you know Kevin Spacey last week, it's not necessarily that the movie itself is better. It's better because Christian Bale was in it. Yeah. So who's going to start? Shall I start? Yeah, you start. Okay. I got to get to my punch, right. and then you can. So start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Remember, we had some confusion with the last time. You go five. I go five. I go four. Right. You go four. Right. There okay. we go. And I, and this is for a particular listener. Uh, we have a lot, but I'm an aficionado of such things. Ooh, ooh. Not aficionado, apparently. Uh, yeah, anyways. A few beers happened last time, so. Um, my number five. My number <laughs> five is three, is 310 to Yuma. And I think this movie, I, I love, first of all, I love this movie, but we're such not talking a, about the movie. That's such a good movie. We're, we're talking about Christian Bale, you know, with the movie. And so I think that in this movie, Christian Bale is on the verge of playing that standard Christian Bale guy. Yeah. Where he's played almost, you know, every every not, you know, every every movie you see with Christian Bale that wasn't critically acclaimed, he kind of plays that not great Christian Bale move guy. And so he's on the verge of playing that guy, but he didn't. And I think most of it was saved by the fact that he was playing off of Russell Crowe, yeah. who I think is the greatest actor of our time. Like... We can get into that. That's a disagreement that needs to come out yeah. next time on critical drinking. Right. But I think I mean uh, we'll get yes. into that later. But he, I, I like him a lot. I movie. mean, he plays he plays a humble farmer turned mm-hmm. essentially prisoner guard. That you know y- you find out what he's made of throughout the movie because you know you you realize he's this humble farmer and you don't know what he's doing. He's just yeah. you know, and then throughout the course of him guarding and him him you know. Going back and forth with Russell Crowe, you find out what he's made of, and yep. I think that's great, and that's my number five. Uh, as for that movie, I think Ben Foster was the best part of that. 
I love that guy. Uh, uh, true. He did great in that movie. Factual. Um, Factual comment. My number five is Batman Begins. It's a great one. Hmm. It's pretty hmm. good. I know. It kind of came out of nowhere hmm. as a number five. Might be hearing a little bit more about that one. <laughs> really enjoyed that movie. Re-energized the whole franchise. I, I thought it was excellent. Best movie of the franchise, in my opinion. Oh. Oh. Ooh, ooh. Didn't uh, re-energize. It gave first life. Yeah, I love well, Batman. I love Batman Returns. Okay. Well, I mean, I real. love Batman Forever because Arnold's the greatest actor of all time. But <laughs> I believe that was Batman Robin. Batman what? Forever was uh, Mr. Clueless. Uh, oh, Jim Carrey and yeah. Jones. A lot of question marks. That's what you I hear. They're talking about bringing the Riddler back. They should because he's an awesome Batman but character. It should be Jim Carrey. Because he was awesome in it. <laughs> he, but, awesome. If he wasn't wearing suits with question marks all over it. I was... That's true. Go ahead. Comically, it's great. Uh, number five is Batman Begins. I love it. I think that Christian Bell showed that he's a great Batman in that. I think that Christopher Nolan, though, was the one that showed that Batman could be a serious franchise again. So that's why it's yeah. just number five on my list. Agreed. Uh, so I'm going to go straight to number, Next to number four. four, which is one of my favorites, Equilibrium. I love this movie. Well done, sir. It uh, broke the top it five. It may star Digs also, which is awesome because I just saw him in a commercial for, like, Propecia. I'm not Spoiler, sure. Spoiler, next week, Tay Diggs top five. <laughs> Tay Diggs top five. <laughs> <laughs> Number one Propecia commercial. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even Propecia. It was like, uh, I don't know. He was like the backup singer to the... To the Propecia guy. No, he, he was uh, he was dancing with the chick from Will and Grace, Catherine, Catherine whatever, the one that had the annoying voice in Will and Grace. The, oh yeah. She does... Uh, but that oh, wasn't her real voice. She does, she does some margarine commercials now. Yeah, that, like, that, and I swear that was with Tay That was what it was? I'm pretty sure that was with Tate. We're gonna have to watch. That's We're wrong. Have to go I think Tay Diggs may have been in something else. We're gonna have I'm to sorry, watch. Tay. You and me. Uh, anyway, sorry, Tay. Equilibrium one. It has awesome fight scenes. He really does. Christian Bale literally cuts off like three people's faces, <laughs> which you cannot even say <laughs> about the movie Face Off. Yeah. Yeah, the face off. The surgeon cut off two faces, but he wasn't Christian even an action star. Um, Christian Bale, literally, I need to stop saying that word. But it's true. Has literally. the best action scene ever. And you pointed out to me. I know. You watch it. And this is for guarding a puppy, which is even closer to my heart because I love dogs. So anyway, he's got two people pointing a gun at him, right? Well, What do you do when you got two people pointing a gun at you? But they're using two hands on it. You hit the shit out of the barrels so that they spin around. And you can grab them with both the hands and shoot them both in the face. It that's is right. amazing. That's right. Uh, so that's my number four. Okay. And it was really rivaling number one. Showing <laughs> showing the closeness for Christian Bale movies. Right. Give me your number four. My Batman. number four, you mentioned it, Batman Begins. And I will I will just say that you can't mention this list without giving Christian Bale credit for one of the Batman movies. At That's least true. one. At least one. Because he I think he re-energized Batman. Christopher Nolan energized re-energized the series, but Christian Bale re-energized the Batman character. Um I think the reason why Batman begins is on my list, and I'll just say it, it could have been a tie between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And Dark Knight's on all my list. Because I think that Christian Bale in the first one, in Batman Begins, has to totally establish this character by himself. Like, he has, he has to take this and, and mold the Batman character. Like, you figure out through his entire training, you know, with Liam Neeson and all that stuff, you figure out who Batman is. And he does more acting in this movie than he does in The Dark Knight. Like, in The Dark Knight... You know who Batman is. You know what he does. You know who Bruce Wayne is. Yeah. And it's it's a spotlight for the Joker. And it's a spotlight for uh, two, the new Two-Face. Yeah. You know, it's Batman honestly does what Batman does. But you know him because he's great in the first one. And I think that he does, because he does more acting in this one, it deserves, you know, 
it deserves to be placed on this list higher. Although, in all honesty, I think overall, Dark Knight is the better movie. So I'll just say that, and that, mm-hmm. that's that's a you know that's kind of a play on our on our terms as far as yeah, no, movies yeah. that are better because Christian Bale's in them, and, you know yeah. things like that. So my number three, and you can argue about that when. Well, you get I to first yours. first thing I want to say to the listeners, we had nine at one point. Um, <laughs> I I'm a cheater, and I just looked at Kevin's list right here. You can't do that. Well, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just saying that you missed one. This is this Listen, is you no, I, I didn't miss seven this time, <laughs> but uh, I, you actually wrote seven. There are this is you know it's gonna be fun. Okay. Go ahead, Kevin. Okay. Sorry, my number three, American Psycho. If anyone has ever seen this movie, you know that Christian Bale is out of his mind. Great in this movie, He's I think that Christian Bale, awesome. Christian Bale is up there in this movie with one of the top, you know, top five greatest maniacal killers in movie history. And that may be saying a lot, because there's the Kaiser Souza that we talked about last week in Unusual uh, Suspects, who was just maniacal because he could play everyone so well. And he could limp well. He could limp well, that's true. There's Hannibal Lecter, because he's just maniacal, because he's just insane. And there's no, he doesn't pretend to fake anyone out, he's just ridiculously insane. Even Dennis Hopper in Speed, I think Dennis Hopper in Speed is one of the best villains of an action movie in a long time. What about Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet? He's a villain in that. But he's not a murderer. He's not a serial killer in that. He cut someone's ear off. He doesn't kill anyone. He cut someone's ear off. But he doesn't kill anyone. That's true. Dennis Hopper kills people in that movie. He hates hates Heineken, but people should be a saint for that. Hannibal Lecter is obviously a killer. Kaiser Sosa, also a killer. So I'm, I'm talking like serial type, you know, murderers. Honey Nut Cheerio um, got it. But I think his incredibly stiff and awkward character that he portrays in the beginning, that he's trying to protect this insane, crazy murderer underneath, is just, like, the way the tension is between those two characters, like his real life where he's trying to, you know, he's trying to play this, this businessman mm-hmm. where he's really successful yeah. and he's really smooth. Yeah. He's really oh. not. He's really not. And and then he's this maniacal killer in the you know in the background. I think as we watch him struggle, you know, between his businessman guy and then you know, which is a total lie, and then yeah. his his, you know, private life as a serial killer, I think that's incredibly intense and you couldn't have bought into that unless Christian Bell was amazing at all. Uh, now you're number three. <laughs> well I think that American Psycho is a great movie, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. But, oh, there's no but. The part that I enjoyed it the most at was when he was looking in the mirror while he was having, like, sex with that chick. It was just hilarious. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's not necessarily, you know, something that one would equate to, but... If you're wondering, Kevin's taking a piss right now. That's why I'm struggling with my words. I need him here. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, my number three movie, as I crinkle into your microphone, we're gonna wait for Kevin because he's coming around the corner here. I just gave about two minutes of stuff you should cut. You're not supposed and to inclu- give away including that ten, including that ten seconds. I said that I should cut. Okay. We won't cut it then. So we're going number three. You're number three. We're yeah. not going to cut that, by the way. Number three? Okay, you're number three. We're not going to cut it. Let's see number three. Let me see. The Prestige. Go for it. Love give the Prestige. Your, yeah. Love the Prestige. Give me, your, give me your spiel on it. Prove uh, me why that should have been on my top five. Oh, one, it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and Christopher Nolan hasn't made a bad movie yet. Let's be honest. We will agree on that. Um, Hands down. I, I love, love this that. movie. I really love Hugh Jackman. As many crappy roles as he as he has taken, I will still stand by. I will still stand by Kate and Leopold being actually somewhat entertaining. Shh, it start um, it start Hugh Jackman and Lee Schreiber. That's two good ones, right? You're digging your own grave on that one. Uh, but uh, um, I love Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And actually, I felt more for Hugh Jackman in this movie. You know. Yeah. Like he was like like I want to be a good a good trickster, 
Now there's the ultimate... The ultimate sacrifice. Ultimate, ultimate sacrifice ultimate. of... <laughs> too many ultimates. <laughs> too many ultimates that Tesla's machine can uh, create anything in the world and your decision is to create yourself and kill yourself in the thing. You want us? That machine could create gold what was and Chris, money. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're, we're talking about what the faults of it. Good. Well, Christian Bale wasn't. He's good at having a twin that could cut his fingers off. Yeah, you're right. But um, I was talking about Hugh Jackman. It's like, I want to oh, create sorry. myself. and But even though this machine could create trillions of dollars for me, don't worry about it. Um, I thought Christian Bale was good in this. He was the good guy. Mm-hmm. And he did well. Um, the first time I saw this, I never quite thought, well, that mm-hmm. cross out happened. Mm-hmm. Uh which means it's number two. Crap, I missed one. <laughs> um, I never got that the other guy being like the twin was like the twist. Right. Like I just, right away, you saw it and you go, oh, that's the guy with the mustache. Yeah. Sorry if you haven't seen The Prestige. Yeah, I never, yeah, I, mean, should. I thought the whole movie was great, including that, but it was not a surprise. Right. Uh, so I go to number two. You're number now. two. Uh, this was actually my number four, but I missed it. So we should always talk about missing things like seven. <laughs> um, Empire of the Sun. A great movie that I really, really enjoyed. It's one of Christian Bale's first movies. I believe he was 12, 13, yeah. 14, he was right young. in there. Yeah, he was young. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's about... Uh, him getting captive. He lives in China. He's an English. He's part of an English family mm-hmm. uh, in China in Hong Kong. And uh, when it gets taken over by the Japanese, he ends up trying to survive. He gets separated from his parents. Tries to survive. Is put into a concentration camp. Has you know, gets a develops a relationship with John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. But he is so good in this movie at playing a brat. Like, a selfish, wealthy brat. I don't like him in this movie, but the fact that I I hate him means that he's doing a good job. So, it was number four on my list. Well, now it's number two. Take it. Okay. My number two is Rescue Dawn. Um, This is a Werner Herzog movie that was based on a movie that Werner Herzog actually did earlier Mm -hmm. called... uh, What's his name? Something goes down. Digby goes down, or Digby, something. Yeah, I think yeah, it's something like that. that. But he made it into Not like Digby goes down. That's different, though. right? But he he called it. He, he turned it into like a Hollywood movie. Yeah. And he cast Christian Bale, and then he also cast Steve Zahn, which to most of us at that point would have been like, why the hell? Wait, Steve Zahn? He played it? he played bass in that thing you do. Yeah, no, he right? played he yeah. played rhythm. He played that, and then he also was in uh, the movie with Saving Jack, Silverman. Saving Silverman, yeah, and he was hilarious. Ermy. right? Oh god, that guy's great. But Harley uh, Ermy, full mouth jacket five times. We'll do it later. <laughs> but uh, the reason why this is my number two is because I think Werner Herzog should get credit for getting maybe Christian Bale's best acting in any movie. Um, it, it would have been, I mean, honestly, it would have been total crap if Christian Bale turned in a bad performance. Like if he would have been, you know, something like where I just don't buy that this guy is a fugitive or not a fugitive, but a POW and, you know, is stuck in there for, you know, months and knows he's going to be stuck in there for months and is developing some sort of escape plan. If you didn't buy that, the movie sucked. But because of Christian Bale, and because, honestly, because Steve Zahn was really good at it, too, I think that this movie captured some of Christian Bale's best acting because he was so not what he always is. And uh, that's my number two. My number one is Harsh Times. And this might, this might, this that's, might. That's what I was saying. There's this, some. There's yeah, some. this might be a little, a little weird because. Well, harsh. Harsh Times wasn't a great movie, and it was not well-received by critics. And honestly, when I saw the trailer, I immediately said, this is Training Day 2. This is from the director of Training Day. I haven't uh, seen it, this, listeners, by this, the way. This looks like Training Day. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this is Training Day. So yeah. I was, you know, I was in a, 
I was actually honestly in a hotel watching TV the first time I saw this movie, and I picked it up right at the beginning. And I was like, oh, Harsh Times, I've never seen that. Let me, let me just see what it's like. And so I started watching it, and I, the, the credits rolled, and I was like, you know, what happened? Because I think that maybe it's that I totally wrote it off is the fact that I loved it so much. But I think when I finally watched it, Christian Bale is the best that he has ever been. I mean, Denzel, as you know, the guy in Training Day, is good. But you've seen Denzel kind of act like that. You just haven't seen him cuss as much. Christian Bale has never been that guy, where he is that desperate. And he, like, you know, if, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. He's, yep. he's kind of a, I mean, it's just a story, basically, of two guys... Christian Bale is trying to get into the military, mm-hmm. and he he really wants, like, this is really a goal in his life, but his personal life is getting in the way that, you know, he's basically kind of a gangbanger. So he's like, you know, he's, he's getting in the way of everything, he's getting caught up in stuff, which is preventing him from getting into the military. But he's this amazing, you know, military guy that has his heart set on that, but he's getting all caught up. And... I think the the last thing I'll say is that his ability in this movie to be so intense and totally totally like fly off the handle but in such a controlled way and such a honest way is like it's really impressive and so that's my number one. And we we've seen uh, Christian get uh off the handle in the non-controlled way. Terminator mm-hmm. uh you know Terminator offset. Off. Yeah. And so uh, I, I'll, I'll just say that, lastly, I want to—I just want to sum up that I think Christian Bale, as far as my list goes, I think Christian Bale, in movies where he is driving the movie, is better. And I don't know if that means that, you know, I only like movies with him that he's, you know, the, the main character or not, but I think where he is the, the star that is, he's, he's driving the movie, he's better than if he's just kind of hanging on to yeah. another character. Yeah. So, now Ryan's on the... Uh, my number one is what many may consider a cop-out, The Dark Knight. Uh, my number one would have been The New World, but we decided that this has to be movies that Christian Bale made. Yeah. Made They're better... Be- They're a lot better because he was in a... I mean, I, I, think the, I think Christian Bale was great in The New World for what he did, but he didn't have a part... You know, it's like... Having a cameo appearance by someone yeah. make it a great movie. It was almost cameo status. It was almost cameo status. Heath Ledger's story. <laughs> Crap. We're nah, I'm halfway through. Yeah. Uh, we can cheers for the camera. Cheers. Mike. Uh, we don't have uh, <laughs> um, it was Heath Ledger's performance. Uh, I love the movie. But I love the way that he settled into... The role as Batman. I really enjoyed Batman Begins, but I felt he, you know, he got a little, he got a little tough. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not gonna talk about this anymore because we're coming up on an hour and we're gonna end it. Dark Knight's my number one. People can understand why because it was an awesome mm-hmm. movie. Yep. I just want to say that I enjoyed Rescue Dawn a lot. Yeah. And this is weird because we agree on so many things. The only thing I didn't like about Rescue Dawn uh-huh. was Christian Bale's performance. Really? That was the only thing I didn't like. Wow. I, I didn't it. like Good. it from I didn't like it from the very beginning when he was I don't know, maybe it was I mean, I've seen him play an American a lot before and he does great. It yeah. was something about I just never connected with him. I like it. And I like, I like, I even like Eugene from Eugene better than Christian Bale really? in that. And well, Suzanne was my favorite from that. It just right, never, yeah. it just never clicked. It never clicked. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed the, and I enjoyed I'm Christian. Almost, I'm almost glad that you don't. Well, that I, means that we I, have stuff to talk about still. But I mean, I enjoyed the end when yeah. Christian Bale was carrying him. Like, that's when I started feeling like when there was five minutes left that yeah. Christian Bale started. Doing great and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just something about it, and he's one of my favorite actors. It just yeah. didn't. It just didn't register for right. me. I can't. I can't explain right. it. But all right. Honorable mentions. Any of you got any honorable mentions? 
The Cliff Curtis Honorable Mentions. Oh, yeah, we are, by the way, uh, <laughs> Critical Drinking, sponsored by Cliff Curtis. We will insert a, uh, a promo at the end of this uh, end of this show. But I got some honorable mentions here. I got uh, Equilibrium, which you mentioned. Yes. I also have the perhaps less known Newsies. Newsies, I saw. Because Christian Bale was in Newsies, which happened maybe <laughs> 20 years ago. Uh, um, what you got for honorable mentions? Uh, Christian Bale was the voice of uh, Thomas in uh, Pocahontas, the Disney movie, and he plays, you know, Pocahontas' yeah. love. Yeah, that's, right. That's fine. But as for honorable mentions, uh, you know, I got to go with one of your favorites, American Psycho. Yep. Love the movie. Love the scene that I talked about when Kevin was taking a see, piss, see, where, see he's, where he's just looking at himself. Doing the prostitutes yeah. made me laugh every time. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing was good. Yeah. All right. And yeah. I also enjoyed them Public Enemies, and these are honorable Pastor. mentions that yeah. weren't thought about. So there we go. Just past one minute, past one hour. Critical drinking. Right. We're done. Uh, we're going to cut this in half next time, but we just cut it by 45 minutes. That's, That's a good improvement. So we're going to cheers click, and drink. Boom. Thanks for listening. See you later. Boom.